All right. So as you were uh, sharing your numbers, um, how did that make you feel? Were you like excited to share your number? It's like, oh, it's pretty good. Or kind of sad that the number wasn't higher? Yeah, a little sad. Pretty happy because the number was so low. Oh, <laughs> I'm just messing. Yeah, that's pretty fun, right? So all of us ha- kind of have some attitudes uh, about our family, right? That it's overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly meh or el- overwhelmingly like, that's yeah, not great. <laughs> so uh, what, what is, uh, just throw out some numbers that, uh, that you had. Seven, okay. Ten, man, presence every time. <laughs> Other people? Six and a half. Six and a half, okay. Six, maybe if below five. Hope not. That's okay, being honest. Anybody? Eight or nine. Nice, good. So we have a, we have a good, uh, we have, it seems like most of our, uh, most of our uh, examples here are positive, so that's, that's great. Um, so when we think about how, what I want you to um, kind of process today is not just what my experience has been, right, but what does, uh, what does the Bible say about the family, particularly uh, we're talking about relationship between um, parents and children and, ch- uh, and uh, children to parents, but also like looking forward, right, where I'm anticipating that, that uh, most everyone wants a family of some sort. And so what are the things that I need to be thinking about as it relates to uh, my future family? And so um, we're just going to uh, talk about two principles today at, uh, at some differing links. Uh, the first principle um, is that uh, it is God's desire that we have healthy relationship with our parents, Okay. Now, what are some barriers to this? So we'll kind of walk through at different ages. What are some barriers to healthy relationships when you're, I don't know, uh, preschool? <laughs> what do you mean by barriers? Uh, just like what are the things that get between you having a healthy relationship with your parents? So this is pre- preschool would be like you're real little, you know. I want my toy and they don't want me to have my toy. You want to play all the time. And they would rather you not play all the time. Okay? What about, uh, what, are some, uh, what are some issues that could come up when you start school? Like elementary school, you. <laughs> not doing homework. Anything else? Chores. Okay, those are, those are big things. All right, you're, uh, you've moved into middle school. Uh, now now what, are, what are the barriers to healthy relationship? Everything. Everything. Like, like what? Like, like what? When you say everything, like I need, I need more specifics. Okay. Showers. <laughs> Showers. All right. What else? Busyness. Okay. All right. We've moved into high school. What are some barriers in high school? Two. Healthy relationship. What? Independence, yep, I want to be more independent than you're letting me. If you'll just like pay for me an apartment and give me all your money, that would be fantastic. I would be super happy. (laughs) All right, any other barriers? What about in college? What are some barriers to healthy relationship uh, when you're out of high school? Your 
Conflicting opinions, okay. Busyness. Busyness. Distance. Yeah, distance, could be. Time management, yeah. Independence, good. Say it one more time. The unknown, yeah. So God, uh, God desires us to have uh, desires us to have healthy relationships with our parents, and so let's uh, let's look at a couple of verses that speak into um, what this unhealthiness or healthiness looks like. Uh, so the first scripture uh, is Proverbs ten one, and then Proverbs fifteen twenty. They both say the same thing. I'll just read them real quick. So ten one, uh, a wise son makes her father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Proverbs 15, 20, a wise son makes a father glad, but foolish man despises his mother. Uh, so we have these two um, things that are, that the relationship, right, uh, at one level is, are you pleasing, right, to the parent? Or, um, uh, and if you are, then that's great. And if you're not, right, then they're, they're displeased, right? They're unhappy. Uh, there's grief. Um, and, and your, your mother thinks that you hate her, right? So what's also difficult about this is that the values of your parents are really going to dictate what that looks like, your compliance to that, right? So if you, uh, have grown up in a Christian home where they share your values of valuing God and God's stuff, right? A lot of times that is the expectation they're going to set for you, whether you're meeting those or not. Um, others, if that's not the case, a lot of times it's going to be success. It's going to be, in, uh, it's going to be um, stability. It's going to be other things. And so um, how do you uh, struggle uh, and navigate through that? So what are some things that you uh, come up against when you are uh, seeing your parents um, as kind of happy with you or not? How do you navigate that? Are you trying to make them happy? Or are you just trying not to get them to yell at you? Like, what's the, is the path of least resistance? Is it um, completely compliant? Is it bump you? Like, what? Uh, how do we how do we navigate that? Not how we should, but how do you? Yeah. Okay, so you try to avoid uh, contentious issues with your parents, right? Don't talk about them. Don't look them in the eye. (laughs) Okay, I'll just flee. All right, we flee the conflict. Okay. Yeah, okay. So this is where there's some misunderstanding about you, what you believe and, and why, okay? How else? Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna go fix it. That didn't turn out very well. Somebody else? This what? Yeah, yeah, both, on both parties, right? Both parties can be really defensive. So would you say that as you have been uh, post high school, would you say that this has been the easiest time to interact with your parents or the most difficult time or somewhere in between? Easier. Easier? Okay. But, but as you've explained, it doesn't sound good still. 
<laughs> it's, uh, well, if I was taking a note and describing my relationship, it's less terrible. Less terrible. Well, let's continue on. Uh, Proverbs 19.26. He who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. We can add a uh, daughter here. What are some ways that we assault or drive our parents away? Not, not, not necessarily meaningful. Let's say we're not rebellious. We're not trying to goad them. Right? But what are some ways where things we do kind of drive a wedge? There you go, right? Slow obedience is no obedience. That's what Renee. That's what Renee tells me. <laughs> I said, wash the dishes. I'm fixing to. <laughs> you can be assume, uh, assume the worst uh, intentions and motivations of the party. Mm-hmm. So that's happening in both directions. So that's the right Yeah. Okay. Don't assume the best. Don't. Don't listen. What else? How about navigating kind of a new relationship, right? Previously, your parents, I anticipate, probably took some level of authoritative tone. Can't do that, you know, whatever. Whereas, hopefully that has started to shift. Maybe, (laughs) hopefully, into uh, what somebody said earlier, an advisory role. Some advisors are uh, yeah, a little more heavy, heavy-handed than others. But in that, in that space, uh, as the advisor, right, as they're trying to tell, well, how do I uh, parent right, an adult, um, what are some other things that drive a wedge? A lack of respect. Lack of respect, absolutely. One more. You, got, you guys are good at these things, as am I. Right, we're amazing at uh, driving away between our parents. We know them well. We know it ticks them off. Sure. Yeah. The ATM. Uh, one more Proverbs thirty eleven. There's a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. There's a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. There's a kind, oh, how lofty are his eyes, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. There's a kind of man whose teeth are like swords, and his jaw uh, teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. And then lastly, Proverbs 28, 24, He who robs his father or his mother and says it's not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys. We have example after example, basically, of contentious relationship. Right, and the, the message here over and over again, right, is that this shouldn't be. And so we talk about the, 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 the water that we uh, kind of sometimes swim in with our parents, and yet as we kind of see these Proverbs, the overwhelming uh, principle here, right, is like, but we got to do better. So last uh, kind of uh, assessment question um, what are our attitudes a lot of times towards our parents? Like, what are, what are some of the negative attitudes that we carry with them, uh, carry for them? And then I'm going to ask you, is that okay? What are some of the negative attitudes we have? I 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's a big deal <laughs> to do that. Because you felt the consequence of whatever that was. Some other stuff. This is real heavy stuff. You're going to... Uh, it's kind of working through all of your problems all at once. Okay, yeah. Seemed a little harsh. So we're questioning, right? But both of those. What are some other attitudes? So we have an attitude of questioning. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you're, there is distrust, right? That comes, or that has come. All right, maybe one more attitude. So distrust, questions. It's almost like a level of questioning authority. Yeah, if you if you have parents, you will be disappointed. <laughs> All right, so as we're as we're dealing with those things, let's look at a couple uh, of positive things here. So in uh, two times, God um, audibly praises his son and says that he, is, he recognizes him and he says, I am pleased with him. So Matthew 3.17 and then 17.5. So one is at his baptism, the other was at his transfiguration. So keeping that in mind... I want you to think about one more verse, Hebrews eleven six, And it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And I want us to kind of use both of these things as a paradigm about trying to shift our attitudes. Uh, newsflash, your parents are sinners. Another newsflash, so are you. Newsflash, when you become parents, you will be sinners. Newsflash, when you have kids, your kids will be sinners. Amen. So everything has to do with our attitude. It's not possible for them to be perfect. But what God is asking you to do, and this is huge for me, uh, because I have not had the best relationship um, with my parents the whole time. Uh, we're not, we have not been super close my, my whole life. I see them all the time. Um, and so this has been um, really hard for me uh, personally to work through, even as like an older adult now that um, God doesn't care what has happened. Um, he doesn't care uh, if they deserve it, right? He asked me to have a healthy relationship, to expect their authority, right? To see them as somebody that they put into my life regardless of the mistakes that they've made. And so my attitude, right, is everything as it relates to that relationship. There are things when, there are times when we cannot listen or should not listen for the vast majority of the time though for us to have a healthy relationship with them our attitude towards them has to change that means my attitude towards them has to change and so i think this is a, a place where it starts is that that i can evaluate what it would take for my parents to be pleased with me and for me to honor them in that right that i think all of us could probably do a better job of seeking to be pleasing versus Choosing every time whether or not I need to listen, right? Amen. <laughs> Our kids do this, us, that to us at uh, almost five, six, and almost ten, and so we're we're really, really uh, engaged in that line of thinking, right? 
Like, uh, I've got to have a real good reason to listen to you versus trusting, right, that they have my best interest at heart regardless of the outcome. And so when we think about, we think about the father saying that he is pleased with the son, what is Jesus' attitude to the father? Right, does he assume the best about the father? Yep. Right, that his, his kind of way for being is that I'm, um, that I'm trusting them, right, and being, uh, trusting him and being obedient. What would it take for you, for your parents to say, I'm really well, ple- I, I am, this is Ashton, my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Do we know what pleases them? How many of you think you know, like, actually how to please your parents? Because some don't. Like, a lot of times, like, actually I have no idea because they just yell at me whatever I do. (laughs) A few? Okay. Um, Are you able to please them? Like, is is it physically possible? Sometimes it's not. Yes? Again? Okay. So what stops us from being pleasing? Pretty much. <laughs> it's a really small barrier. Our entire self. <laughs> but I want you to look at this Hebrew eleven six verse. It says, without faith it is impossible to please. And so as we look at our earthly parents, it is impossible to please them unless I trust at some level that they have my best interests at heart, that they actually love me. Because we say that and we kind of believe it. Like if I'm Stuck standing on the side of the road, you know, they're going to be the first call. But outside of that, like, we've got to place actually more trust in them to see, right, to let them kind of prove themselves. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So he's talking about God, but it's really helpful uh, for us to think this way about our own parents. Right, for he who comes, we can answer a parent here, must believe that that is what they are to them, that God has given me this, this parent. And that he is a rewarder of those who seek him, meaning that uh, regardless of who your parent is and their character, that we, to trust them, right, to be pleasing to them, we've got to, we've got to assume that if we do so, that they will reward us, right, with relationship if we do. And that really is all of it. Because typically we don't. I don't trust you, right? And I don't want to reap the reward that comes from healthy relationship. That doesn't mean as an adult that they get to call all the shots. That's not what their role is anymore. But I promise you, uh, and would you shake your head in accordance with me, that if you did that, do you think that that would be beneficial to you? Yeah. So here's two positive examples, and I think these are helpful for us as it relates to parent relationship to us and child relationship to the parent. Proverbs 20, verse 7, a righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons or daughters after them. That you bear the brunt of your parents' unrighteousness, right? That that there's ways in which they have failed to model well for you all the things that you need to learn. But also, as we talked about who all the sinners are in each of the relationships, you also have an opportunity when you get a family 
to do better, right? To understand and feel the hurt, right, that that feels and not overcorrect and go in the other dish. Well, my dad or mom was a disciplinarian. Well, I'm not going to do anything to my kids. They're going to love me. That, that doesn't work like that, <laughs> right? Or they let me do whatever and I got in so much trouble and I'm a worse person off for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to micromanage every fiber of their lives, right? This is how we think. And yet, as we read here, the righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons. Have you seen parents that sniffed this? Have you had parents that have sniffed this righteousness? What is the benefit for you? How has that blessed you? Even if you have a friend's parent, <laughs> that they were consistent, right? That they, their marriage stayed together. Right, and how much that blessed you. I mean, how they treated them as people. May want to share? May have any examples? I hope, I hope. Yeah, how have, if, have you, have you seen, have you had parents or seen parents that walked with integrity and how did that bless their children? Other people. both seen what it looks like over the long haul, right, to stick with something that was hard, right? It's like you see them moving into it. I've had some examples in my life where I've never seen somebody stick it out in marriage, you know, over and over again. It's like, well, I don't know what it looks like to keep going. It just kind of <laughs> stopped. Somebody else. That's a great example. Anybody else? That it is possible to live as a man with integrity, as a woman with integrity, right? Like I need to do that because every day I'm uh, tempted to give in, right? Every day I'm tempted to say what the world says, it's not possible. Scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal, marriage after marriage, right? Relationship after relationship breaking. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So each of, so if you have that, that's a blessing. If you don't have that, then you have to start a foundation. How hard that is, (laughs) right? That I have to, I have to not only do what I haven't seen, I've got to stop this generational sin and start new, a new work. And so really, so that, that seems depressing at one level, but someone has to do that right? So if someone stopped it at some point in your family, or if it was ever present, you know, that's on you. So, cause so what, so am I going to be the one, does it matter enough to me, right, to start a new cycle in my family? And so here's the last one for, for children to parents, Proverbs uh, 20 verse 11. It is by his deed that a lad or lass distinguishes himself in his conduct, if his conduct is pure and right. So I wanted to remind us, right, so a lot of times with our parents or the world that we say, you know, what a, what a kid is, is like they're not causing me grief, right, like they're not in jail or something, right, it's a real low bar, right, that they have a job, that they're not like in my house, right, or that they are doing something that the parent approves of. Doesn't matter, you know, it's like this job is okay, this job is not okay, right, and that's kind of the three criteria for success. I want you to aim much, much, much higher than that, right? I want your families, I want my family to aim much, much higher than that. I want my kids to love the Lord, right? I want them to be able to make disciples, right? I want them to live for God's kingdom and love God's kingdom more than this world. And that's going to take a lot of work on my part. That's going to take a lot of work on our family's part and the church's part. And so that right there, right, is by his deeds. Like McClendon is not okay if he's got a great job and is married by 27, right? That he's going to be, uh, he's going to distinguish himself by his doing right and wrong, according to God. And that is the bar we have set. So, so let's uh, ease into the, kind of to the last part, uh, and we'll t- take a few questions here. So second principle, so the first thing was God wants your relationship with your parents to be healthy. Second principle is parents are to supply discipline, to lead their children from foolishness to wisdom and trust in God, trust in the God who saves, redeems, and keeps. That is the goal of parenting. And as we relate to discipline, it's really important that we see those things uh, Discipline as structure and correction. If, I don't, if we don't supply our children with structure, meaning here's, here's the road that I want you to go down. It's this road and not that one. Structure, okay? There's guidelines and there's direction. Correction is as they deviate from those guidelines and direction, right, that you get them back into the road, right, by whatever means necessary. So the point is never, right, uh, like punishment for punishment's sake, being vindictive or just being malevolent, right? But it's always for their betterment, for correcting them, right, to be able to live in the path that God has for them.
So let's look at a couple of scriptures uh, here and then we'll talk through this because uh, this, is, uh, this concept is hard to receive it, to be good children in this also, but to give it. So Proverbs 13, verse 1, A wise son accepts his father and mother's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. What's a scoffer? What is my attitude when I do those noises and those facial expressions? You guys have your inversions? Pouting, right? Whatever, whatever. Nothing will make your parent matter than saying, I can't wait till McLennan says whatever for the first time. I will tear him up. <laughs> In anger, no. Um, what is a scoffer? Saying whatever is scoffing. It's just... So they throw... Here's, here's some loving, and you just like basically spike it. Nope. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't want it. And I'm not just not listening. I'm actively rejecting it. A wise son accepts the correction and the structure, and a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Don't be a scoffer. You're a sinner, just like your parents are sinners, but they've sinned more and longer. <laughs> and so at the very least, at the very least, they felt more pain than you. And they're trying to keep you from that pain. If they, if they have never discipled you to Christ uh, one second, if they love you at all, they're at least trying to do that, and that's worth listening to. Do you understand? I know that's hard. Proverbs 15.5, A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof as sensible. Proverbs 13, verse 24, He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. And so this it can be pretty controversial, but I want you to understand the spirit of what's being said here. Uh, back when this was written, there was no tablets or screen time. <laughs> there was nothing to really restrict anyone. There's no teenagers. Everyone worked and they worked all the time unless they were really, really little. <laughs> right? Discipline uh, was uh, pretty much one way. Right? It was uh, generally through pain. But now we have lots of ways to correct people. Right? There's lots of things and privileges that they have in our society. And so there's not, there's not one way uh, to discipline. But the discipline is always right, for the purpose of giving structure, right, to showing them that there is a structure to life and correcting them to live within that structure. So questions or thoughts about that? Is that helpful as we talk mm -hmm. about discipline and teaching, that you need to have a structure that we're teaching them to live in and we are correcting them to stay within that structure? So there's times when little children uh, typically react well, meaning like they take correction for little spankings. We spanked our kids. 
Um, that works pretty good for small children. They don't like pain. We're not trying to give much, but like, hey, get your attention. See that? Don't do that, you know, kind of thing. But as you get older, kids really vary wildly as it relates to what they receive uh, correction through. Right? McClendon loves people more than anything. The worst thing you could ever do to him is remove him from people. Basically, like, give him a timeout. Like, he just the worst thing ever for him. Right? And so I just want to give you, like, the purpose of, like, it, the point is correction. The point is don't do that. Right? The point is, yes, do that. Praise for things that they're doing well. Um, but the, the idea, right, is, is that we need to discipline as love, right, to keep in structure and to correct back into structure. Thoughts or questions about that? Yeah, a lot of times I am in by no way expert. I just have children. But I see from myself, right, what is really important. Structure is really important that I, there's a goal to life, right, as opposed to just don't you you can run and go crazy just don't run and go crazy in there that that's not structure <laughs> that's just restriction if there's nothing to be doing right all i'm going to be doing is whatever i want and i'm just going to have my hand slapped and i think that's the issue that we have also right don't you get into stuff when you don't have something to do amen and so this is the part where God's life comes into play, that we've got to know what God wants and understand, like, what, what, is, what does a three-year-old need to understand about that, about what life is about at that age? And what structure do they need to have, right? And, what, and how do I correct them back into that structure? So I want to come down um, to one last verse here, uh, Proverbs 22, uh, verse 6. And this is probably the most famous proverb um, and many parents lament this because like, well, I've done this. And then why didn't it happen? It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. There's two things that I think that we miss here that I want you to pay particular attention to. And, I, and it may be helpful for you to think about how your parents have done a good job of this or not. So as it relates to, and this has to do with discipline, uh, structure, and correction. So that first part is, is train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What is it, and what is missing typically in the way that we train, or that you've been trained, and the things that you've been told to go for? Why this has not kind of come to fruition a lot of times. I hear parents uh, lament this verse a lot. It's like when, kind of like you were talking about, it's just like when you don't have structure, you just have restrictions, like you're not connected to purpose or like yep. things are there. It's like there's no understanding of why we need to continue in the ways that we're taught. Again, write that down if you're taking notes. Connection to purpose. But I would say here, right, that this one um, is put in the reason of a promise. And I think why we say that is because we haven't done it properly. <laughs> Promises work out, right? The issue is like, well, because we, we want to assume we did it right. <laughs> well, I, uh, well, I planted the seed and it just didn't grow. You know, I don't know. It's the seed's fault, you know. It's the person that, that told, told me it's fault. It's not my fault. 
What else as it relates to um, issues and how we train or the way we should go? So purpose, I think, is, is the lacking part of the go. What about training? What is the effort level that, that you see parents putting in to training them in that way? Yeah. If you, if you see, when somebody just tells you the right thing to do every, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke, I'll be right back. <laughs> what is being, what is being translated to you? That's very confusing, but what, but there's something that's very straightforward about what you're being taught. What's being communicated to you? When somebody tells you something and then doesn't do it. That's right. I don't believe what I'm telling you. That's confusing, isn't it? Why do we not listen? Because they don't believe what they're telling me to do. Or uh, your parents will tell you not to do things that you know from aunts and uncles that they did. Y'all run into this? <laughs> That's right. Jesus even tells the Pharisees he rebuking them. He's like, do all that they say, but don't do anything that they do. Right, they're saying right things, but they're just not modeling it, and it's confusing to you. The, the important part here is the go. If we don't have purpose ourselves, we can't connect to it ourselves, and we can't connect our kids to it ourselves. If your parents don't have purpose, they, can't, can, they, they cannot be a help in this process, right, for you. So you're having to look for it in other places. But then once we have that connection, right, then the training, right, says train them how to go that way, not point them in the direction, but walk with them. This is how dad does it. This is how mom does it. This is what it looks like to go this way. These are the tools you need. This is what it looks like on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Over and over. Over and over. We are, uh, what's like, there's no kind of politically correct terms that you can use any for, for just dummies. Right, we're foolish. That's probably the nicest word. It's the word the, word the Bible uses. Right? Uh, is a two-year-old a fool? Yes. <laughs> is a six-year-old a fool? Thirteen? Fifteen? Eighteen? Twenty-one? Twenty-four? Forty-four? No. <laughs> Our natural state is foolishness, okay? If, we're, if your parents' only goal or your only goal, right, is to be employable, not in jail, and able to pay your bills, that's not enough. That's not enough. 
And most of the people are foolish in every other category of their lives except those three things. They can hold a job down, they're not in jail, right? And they can pay their bills. God has a different standard for us, and it's going to take you as parents, it's going to take your parents engaging in that, or you figuring out, okay, well, that's how I was parented. I got to do, be a lot more intentional in the way that I engage with my kids, right? And it's hard. Amen? It's really hard. So any thoughts or questions uh, from that? Um, just anybody, as you think about your upbringing, this is, you know, all the stuff is tough. This is probably the one that we have the most baggage with because we continue, if we're lucky enough to still, you know, have parents um, and kind of our attitudes towards them and also thinking about, gosh, okay, I'm, oh, oh, I might have kids. I want to have kids. What am I going to do with them? What are some kind of closing thoughts you have, sobering or otherwise? There's lots more stuff about the family, but that's kind of the highlights. Anybody? Okay. Take what you learn and apply it. Take the good, apply that. Okay. I think that's really helpful. Somebody else. I'm just seeing how many y'all clap. Hey, how many can he catch? All right. <clears throat> so, object lesson here, just to reinforce what Alex said and how helpful that is. All right. All right. One more. One more. Good one. Thank you. So discipleship. Jesus is that way. Okay? So that's the way we should go. <clears throat> Here's the narrow way. Right? So, so purpose says that's what life is about. That's where, uh, where Jesus says life is. That's the person that cares about me the most. That's the person I should be walking to. That's the person I should be learning from. And then we, our parents, the church, need to come alongside to hold the hand as, we, as he leads us this way. And as I try to go this way, you're like, all right. Right? It's the way I should go right, and correction. It's structure, right, and correction to stay in the way. Train them in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it. That's a really helpful picture, right, 
both of parenting and discipleship. It's the same thing. We're not asking us to do anything different than what that looks like. It's just you have your whole life. Last thoughts, questions. Right. But nowhere does scripture say that is consistent. Right. Or nor does it say because mom's in a bad mood or bad that I don't have to listen. Somebody else. Come on. Yeah, I know you have thoughts to say. Just one more thought and I'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> yes. That is, that is quotable, right? The, the attitude that says, I am in training while I'm training you. I think that's perfectly well said. So uh, as we're over time, uh, the last thing I want you to do is I want you to pray for your parent or parents or whomever is engaging with you at that level right now. And, um, and then Ethan, would you close us? Just give us like one minute just to kind of pray silently for our parents and then if you would close us. Okay.